Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. Good. Welcome to our Florida cast. Our Florida studio. We are officially Florida men. You're men. I'm a Florida man. Okay. Am I not? A little bit. (laughs) We like to switch it up a little bit, and we moved from the apartment next to the busy street in Los Angeles to now the condo next to the busy street in Tampa. So, or I don't know. We're almost... Where are we, We're outside of Tampa, but you know what I mean. We're in Florida. You get it. It's all the same, right? Exactly. You said you had something to talk about at the top. Yeah, so our Uber ride here <laughs> was fun. It was fun. Because I was chatting up the Uber driver, and you. this is just not something you do. It's just funny to no, me. I, 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 if I get into an Uber, I do not want to speak, actually. I'm not trying to be rude, but I just would rather not engage. Yeah, but I don't know. I like to see what, what's up with people, sure. where they're at. What's going on? You like to adopt an interesting persona. You almost turn into like a Southern person. Because... No, no. I just match the person, you know? Because, <laughs> I don't know, I, I do it subconsciously. This is not like a conscious thing. Uh-huh. But then all of a sudden, well, I'll be came out of my mouth. Yeah, you were and like, I was well, like, oh, I'll... God, I'm really playing this up, aren't I? Yeah, you said, well, I'll be. And I was like, who the hell am I that sitting next to? <laughs> well, it fit. It worked. Number one. Yeah. And, uh. I was killing. You were. Honestly. Anyway, I was going to bring up, do you like to talk to your Uber driver or not? But you've already answered the question. I do not. I would rather just sit there and look out the window. Do you feel like people are, like more people are like you or more people are like me? I feel like more people are like me. Okay. Yeah. I will give you five stars if you just don't talk to me. Really? Okay. Yeah. Which is like interesting because I feel like I'm typically a friendly person, but it's something about being in someone's car that I'm like, I don't really want to talk to you. Because if if it goes sideways, then you're stuck in that person's car for however long, you know? That's true. Yeah. I've never had one go sideways. I have. Do tell. Well, it's not, I mean, I can't think of anything like specific off the top of my head, but I've definitely had like really uncomfortable conversation where someone's just like spewing their beliefs at me and I just don't Oh, that's fun. Really wanna engage. So but mm. anyway, this isn't the Uber podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sponsored by uh yeah, today's story let's just jump in. Yeah. Enough of the banter. Uh today's story is about Brittany Marcel. My sources largely are an ABC 2020 documentary as well as KRQE.com, which I think is a local Albuquerque news reporting website. They had a lot of good stuff on it. So it all started with Brittany Marcel, who lived with her mom, Diane, when she was 17 with four of her other siblings. She was number five of seven. Two of them had moved out, but the other... Five, including Brittany, lived with their mom in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That is many children. It's a lot of kids. How do you do that? I don't know. Uh, but single mother Diane oh my God. was raising them. How she does this, like, emotionally, one. Number two, financially. I have no idea. She deserves a gold medal. That she does. So they were all living with their mother Diane. They said that, quote, Brittany was going places. 
and her dream was to become a TV reporter. At the time, she worked as a shade saleswoman at the Sunglass Icon and was really good at it. Always able to get people to buy one more pair of shades. Love that. So she's a boss girl from the jump. We love a businesswoman. Yeah, she's just getting it done. And this was in a quote-unquote safe neighborhood. As they all are. Yep, and you want to know what they said about their neighborhood? Nothing like this ever happens. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know. Crazy people are everywhere, even in the safe ones, the safe neighborhoods. I used to think that about my neighborhood. But then, you know, you really think and then you go like, oh, yeah, X did happen and Y did happen. And my house was broken into. That's true. I just found out about that. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, nothing was, it wasn't horrific, but I mean, things happen everywhere. It's just like, it's a matter of time before they happen to you or somewhere else, you know. Yeah. I mean, even if that crazy person doesn't live in your safe neighborhood, they could be passing through and they're still crazy even if they're passing through. It's true. Not that you should fear the world, but... <laughs> yeah, this is just reality. Not that, like, crazy turns off, uh, you know, after crossing state lines. It's just, yeah, like, exactly. usually it gets ramped up, if yeah. anything, right? Right. So, on a Thursday, September 11th, 2008, terrible day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Was it? <laughs> Why is it a terrible day? I'm going to keep that. (laughs) Well, this is going to turn out to be true for two reasons, right? Oh, no. (laughs) Terrible day. That was such an interesting... Just not a a great date. No. This is the point I was trying to make. Historically, a bad day. Historically, a bad day. And today, a bad day. Right. Brittany would be out of school early and met her mom at home for lunch. Her mom called Brittany on the way home, uh, remembering that there was no fear in her voice and it was just a normal conversation, and then she hung up and continued driving back to their house. So when she got home, she hopped out of the car and unlocked the front door, only to find a random man standing over Brittany with a shovel. Brittany was badly beaten, bleeding, bleeding all over the floor, and her purse and everything that was in it was just scattered at the bottom of the stairs. And the man was still there. Yeah. That's horrifying shovel in hand oh my god and diane thought that britney was dead like immediately and she braced herself as she made eye contact with the attacker and he still had the shovel in his hand and she made eye contact with him and then he quickly ran into the kitchen and grabbed a butcher knife so he looked back at diane while picking up the knife and said you're next at which point diane booked it out of there oh my god One of her neighbors met her outside who happened to be walking by, just by chance, and Diane called 911. She told the operator someone had beaten her daughter and that he was still in their house and to get there immediately. So Diane knew that the police wouldn't be able to get there for some time and decides to go back inside the house with her neighbor to get Brittany. Brittany was in bad shape at this point. She had lost a lot of blood and her head was swelling up pretty rapidly. Her arms were bruised, and she was moaning in pain. The attacker had ran off, crashing through a window in their house, so he's out of the picture. But Brittany's still here, and an ambulance arrived shortly after and rushed her to the hospital. So the police got there, too, and wanted to question Diane as soon as possible so like everything's still fresh in her head and they can get as much information as fast as possible so they can go after this guy. And Diane told them that it was someone she had never seen before, 
She said it was a lightly tan, white, or Hispanic man who was about 5'7 to 5'11 and in his 20s. Okay. So, I mean, wide-ranging, but a little bit of info to go off of. Somewhere to start, at least. Right. The attacker hadn't touched the rest of the house, which ruled out a burglary motive. So he was there just for Brittany. That's terrifying. Yeah. And they started to think that this was a personal attack. Right. Obviously something to get revenge on Brittany or out of rage. And the shovel was left behind as well as the duct tape they were going to use and the butcher knife that they threatened Diane with. He had escaped through their living room window, like I said, which shattered the glass on the way out. And they cut the person on the way out and left a single drop of blood on one of the glass panes. That's like some movie shit. Literally like Dexter. Yeah. I think I have a picture of it that I'll post on Instagram. Okay, cool. But yeah, it's like perfectly round. It's very strange. Weird. So pretty much now all they had to do was take a swab of the blood and go find the DNA. If they have a match in the system, but... We're going to get to that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I watch a lot of crime shows. Oh, Can you tell? You are so on top of it. It's uh, impressive. <laughs> so meanwhile, Brittany is continuing to fight for her life at the hospital. She had severe brain trauma and had really fought back. She had defensive wounds all over her body. And her left wrist and jaw were both broken and her skull was cracked. Oh, my God. And how old? She was 17, you said? Mm-hmm. Oh, that poor baby. I know. The rest of her family found out what had happened and rushed to the hospital because, remember, she has a ton of siblings. They have no idea what's going on. Two of her sisters recalled bursting into tears when they saw the state that Brittany was in. They couldn't believe it was actually her. You know, her head was swollen like a balloon, and she had been absolutely beat to a pulp. So the homicide detective came in to question the rest of the family, and they remember feeling extra hopeless that it was a homicide detective because they didn't think anyone else thought that Brittany would make it. Like, they were already treating it like a homicide. So, I mean, just the day that they're experiencing, it just keeps going lower. But the police were able to put together a sketch and put it out to the media so they could try and get tips in about who this might be. And doctors worked around the clock trying to save Brittany's life. They induced her into a coma for two whole weeks before she woke up. When Brittany did wake up, She had no memory of the attack itself or the entire day before. And she recalls not even being scared until they told her what had happened because she had no idea. And she thought that it had been a really bad car accident, but she was like, this was really hard to take in. Oh, I bet. I mean, I can't even imagine waking up and having zero recollection of anything. That's a nightmare. Finding out that, I mean, first of all, waking up in a hospital, but finding out that you were the victim of an attack a brutal attack yeah and the guy's still out there yeah and they don't know who it is that's that's a lot to take in yeah i can't imagine i can't even imagine waking up from a coma period right that's yeah i mean you wake up and you're like oh my god i must have been in a terrible accident thinking it was a car accident like you said but that's it's that would have been the easy the easy route right god i almost sometimes wonder if it would have been better if they just lied to her you know Mm. No, you can't Probably do that. not, but yeah. like, you know, it's something I thought about. Right. So doctors had to remove a nickel-sized part of the lower left temporal lobe in her brain because of the damage and a 4 by 3 inch section of her skull, which had been fractured. They took the chunk of her skull and put it into her abdomen where it stayed to heal. Whoa, that's insanely cool. I was like, what? 
So basically, they like put her skull into her stomach to like bake. <laughs> they regrew her bone. Yeah, like an easy bake oven. Yeah, that's insane. What do they call it? Like Little Debbie, <laughs> easy bake oven. <laughs> Betty Crocker. I don't know. What's Little that? Debbie is a cake. Well, what's the oven called? Easy bake oven. Is it okay? Yeah. Well, there you go. That's insane. I was like, so how? I don't know how it works. Right. But that's insane that yeah. we can just do that. Yeah. That's, just, that that's an option. You can just remove part of your skull, put it in a different part of your body, and just wait for huh? it to get better. Huh? What? I do don't you know. Mean? But they did. And they My... put it. They put it back in her skull. She had a brand new skull. That's a pretty big piece of skull, too. Yeah. Three by four, you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't exact, but that's still like chunk. inches of your skull. Yeah. That's insane. It's big. It's a big chunk. So while Brittany was healing, she had to wear a helmet to prevent any further brain damage because her brain's pretty much exposed, right? Right. Uh, In a pretty big way. And her sisters would push her around in a wheelchair. And Brittany wasn't even able to hold her head up during this time and was drooling all over herself. And it was just like, she was just not the person that she was. My heart just continues to break with every detail. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, this next one's bad. The sheet, they actually put up sheets over all the mirrors because they were scared of how she would react when she saw how like what had actually happened to her. Because maybe it's probably a good thing she has enough to deal with. You know, yeah, I mean, that's the last thing and, you need to worry about. Right. So Brittany would end up having 16 surgeries in total, and she had to relearn everything from eating to walking, and she said it was like being a baby again. Oh, my God. And she said, quote, he did not kill me, but he did take my life from me. Yeah. Doctors told Diane that Brittany would have significant memory loss and that it could be long-term or short-term, even permanent. There was no real way to know for sure, and they didn't want her to get her hopes up. Today, Brittany is still blind in her left eye, deaf in her left ear, and cannot remember a lot of her past, although she did recover some of her memories. Oh, my God. So, meanwhile, detectives honed in on their most conclusive piece of evidence, the drop of blood, right? But it turned up no matches from the National DNA Database, and although tips kept rolling in from the sketch that they they put out, no suspects came of it. Get that guy and lock him up. I know. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm going to warn you. This is not going to be a satisfying one. No. Don't say that. Sorry. (laughs) Don't say that. So they were really hoping that Brittany would regain enough memory to identify somebody that they could look into, but she didn't regain any memory. And, you know, you can't really, there's nothing you could really do. Oh, God. I can already feel my blood starting to boil. I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. So the friends and family put up billboards and signs to get anyone who might have information to call in. And the reward fund for any information leading to an arrest kept going up and up and up. But nothing turned up as weeks turned into months. And Diane kept calling the detective that who was on the case every single day for an update. So the family is extremely persistent, and especially Diane. But there's just nothing turning up. Oh my god, I can like feel the hopelessness just through this, what you're saying. <laughs> like, I know. I, through the story. Like, I can't imagine this period of time that they went through. Like living through that? Oh my god, that's a nightmare. Yeah. Diane said that she never lived in the house where the attack happened again, and she split her time between the hospital with Brittany and then out on her own trying to find out who this was. She ruled out no one that they knew 
and said that she was suspicious of anyone. Yikes. She said, quote, I want to know who did it, and I wasn't going to trust you. Wow. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Because they think it's somebody that she knew. Right. They're like, she had to have had some relationship with this person right. previously. It's It seems very personal. Yeah. But that must have been extremely damaging to a lot of other relationships in her life. I don't know. She didn't talk about it, but I imagine it had to be. Yeah, because any man that fits the description of white, lightly tan or Hispanic and 5'7 to 5'11 is in the running for, like, being a monster? Like, that's insane. I mean, I'm sure that's a good chunk of the men that she knows in right. her life. That's a that's a very general description. Yeah. Damn. And so did she get it? Did she see his face? Because so this is another point that's not going to be fun. But she did make eye contact with him. But she doesn't remember his face. Yeah. God. But, yeah. I mean, it's but, such a. Yeah, but during the interview with 2020, she said that it was quote burned in her brain. Each week, I speak to inspirational people. Each one of them has been on their own remarkable journey. They've all chosen to share their stories with one aim, that if people can relate and get comfort from it, if it can help someone, as one of my guests said, there's so much going on in the world. We should be focusing on helping one another and making each other better. Each one is a superhero not because they have special powers it's because in spite of what they've gone through they keep on going i find them remarkable please listen to chatholic and hear their stories i bet the eye contact is but like you know eyewitness accounts are very fuzzy yeah you know I mean, especially in such a traumatic moment like that you see your daughter on the floor you think and she's dead. You you think she's dead, one. Two, the and man's... you think you're next. Yeah. The man's holding a, a shovel and then goes for a knife and you think you're next. I can't even imagine a more traumatic moment. It, there's no wonder she doesn't actually remember his face because how do you focus on like, oh yes, he has a mole on his left cheek. Like, no, you see a crazy person and you're terrified. Yeah. Obviously completely understandable, but right. this is not going to help them in court. God damn it. <laughs> Give me good news. Sorry. Um, So they kept trying to think of who might have done this, right? But Brittany had no enemies in her life whatsoever. Right, because she's a lovely lady. Right, and no one could figure out who would do this to her. God damn it. Diane even began to believe that the attack may have been intended for her because she had gone through a divorce with her abusive husband years before, and she thought that he may have hired a hitman, and then they just got the wrong person. That checks out. But the investigators followed up with her husband, and from that investigation, they ruled him out as a suspect. Okay. I don't know what they specifically found out about the husband, or the ex-husband at this point, But they ruled him out based on what they knew. Maybe he had an alibi or they checked his communications or he didn't even know that it happened. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just took his word, you know? That wouldn't be a very thorough investigation for him to be like, I had no idea. And they're like, oh, okay, thank you so much for your help. Yes. (laughs) I know. That's not how that works. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some poor police work done. You know what? Because so many of our stories have come across police work, particularly 
in the last one, right? Yeah. That was like fucking horrific. Yeah, that's true. We have had quite a few difficult stories when it comes to that department. So, so well, I mean, you know, usually if there's bad police work, then like bad things happen. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was him. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But they said uh, their investigation concluded that he was not a part of this. Okay. And they moved on. So months turned into years. And at two years... This is the statute of limitations for this crime, which is insane. Two years? It's insane to me. Yeah. That's it? You can brutally attack someone to the point where they can't remember anything, and they're changed forever, and the statute of limitations is two years. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) New Mexico's wilding. I can't even wrap my head around that. Don't know. Okay, I, I got these out of order, but the reason I'm saying that is that two years after the attack that drop of blood that they couldn't get any matches for, Uh the DA actually indicted that drop of blood and named it John Doe so that the statute of limitations would not apply. And when the attacker was found, they would be able to kind of link him to that piece of blood and then charge him. Okay. But this had never been done in New Mexico's history, but this was their way around the statute of limitations. Well, good. At least they're taking some kind of precaution to yeah. actually be able to charge this person on something because that would be horrendous if they actually found this person after two and a half years. And Yeah, I mean, like such a short time. That's not also, even enough time for yeah. her to heal at all. Like probably yeah, no. just barely physically if she did ever completely recover physically which you you said she didn't already she didn't fully but i mean you know she's she did end up doing okay sure and i believe that but i'm just saying like the amount of time that the statute of limitations is does not even allow this woman to heal or this girl the 17 year old to heal she would be 19 or 20 right exactly yeah and that's just physically i mean forget emotionally mentally like that's insane i i wonder like Statute of limitations is so interesting to me because, I mean, it's, it, it's infuriating to me, really, because so many of these criminals or crimes or whatever, like, they just get thrown to the wayside because of this, because of the statute of limitations. You're like, oh, sorry, I can't charge you anymore. I know you brutally attack someone, but actually yeah. it's no longer your problem. So thanks for playing the waiting game. If anyone knows why that is, or if there's even a good instance of statute of limitations, let me know. Send me a DM or like an email because what? Like, yeah. is that good in any case? My thought there would be that maybe the around some things that might have been illegal previously, but are not really viewed as bad 20 years from now. Okay. Maybe the statute of limitations makes sense, like particularly for like marijuana possession or something like that, like nonviolent drug offenses Mm -hmm. or I guess kind of drug offenses or if you're like trying to traffic small amounts. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the evolution, maybe the law doesn't catch up sometimes. I don't know. I can understand statute of limitations maybe for stuff like that, nonviolent offenses. But let me be clear. (laughs) If they're violent offenses, like why is there a statute of limitations? Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's insane. So that's exactly what I was about to say. You know, some like I think murder definitely does not have a statute of limitations, I think, for most places. Maybe it's by state by state. I don't know. But it shouldn't be. 
I sure hope you know. not because my God. But anyway, what? Tell me more because okay. I. Here we go. I can't. Uh, so remember the district attorney that I told you about. This is David Waymeyer. Okay. We're gonna call him DA Dave. Okay, DA Dave, give me and good news. He basically said that the case seemed to revolve around whether or not Brittany could recover any of her memories that would lead them to a suspect or not. Other than that, the only evidence they had was that drop of blood and the shovel duct tape and butcher knife. God, it's like a game of Clue. Like, he was literally in their house with all these weapons. Oh, that's so infuriating. I know. So, remember, this has been years at this point, and Diane kept pressuring the chief of police to get a new detective on the case to get a fresh set of eyes. Sure. And initially, the chief said, you know, hey, I'll think about it, and I'll get back to you. And eventually she obliged. And the new detective who was on the case was really willing to try just about anything. Good. The new detective was Detective Jody Gonterman. Jody, yes. Give me a woman on the case. Yep. She had been with the force for 17 years at that point and had a reputation of being relentless. Good. Give me Jody or give me death. Yep. Well. No, well, no, but just give me Jody. Give me Jody. (laughs) <laughs> a seasoned professional. Yes. She uh, she seems like she does not fuck around. Good. In her interviews, she's just... Anyway, uh, her sister had been murdered in her minivan, which pushed her to become a detective no. in the first place. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. It's a wild world out there. God damn. This is extremely tragic. I know. But, you know, this is why I'm sure she's so driven. Yeah, but God... I know. Okay. She said that if there's something that she needs to do, she needs to finish it. Like, period, full stop. Okay. So she's she's one of those people, like, just can't put it down till it's done. So I can't imagine how this job is for her because there's so many cases that you have to put down eventually. I know? mean, you don't want to, obviously. Obviously but... not, but like, you know, sometimes there just is no evidence and there just is no solving it, unfortunately. Ugh, that's terrible. Anyway, Jody's going to mix things up real quick. Good. She's going to so, give it the old college try. Jody looked at Diane in the eyes and said she would find the person that did this. And since finding any new suspects really hinged on whether Brittany remembered anything or not, Jody thought that maybe it was possible that Brittany's memory loss was being repressed due to the trauma rather than actual memory loss. Very possible. So they tr- decided to try and do hypnotherapy to see if they could pull any of the memories out of her. I was wondering if you were going to say that. I, I was thinking it earlier and I was like, I wonder if they're going to hypnotize her or like do some kind of crazy therapy because that seems to be the only way to recover her memory. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that this would actually ever go to be used in court, but this will give them a road to suspects. Well, I wonder, though, because if if whatever therapy they did did actually get her to remember, then why couldn't it be used in court? Because, I mean, yes, I understand that, like, it could be, like, a little shaky as far as eyewitness stuff goes, and it's like, oh, she hasn't remembered for, remembered for so long, so why now? But trauma does repress so much. Like, people forget a lot of shit because of trauma, so... Yeah, I know, 100%. But, I mean, they probably could have her as a witness and use her testimony, but she's going to get destroyed on cross-examination because, sure. because of the brain damage. But And 
I actually worked with a guy who mm-hmm. got in a really bad motorcycle accident, and he said that he remembered things that weren't true. And they're going to bring that up. And I believe just, that. I feel like putting her through that is going to be horrific because yes. they're going to nail her to the cross, really. Sure. Yes. And I, I see how that could happen. However, it's not just her eyewitness testimony that would hold up because they have the blood so if she remembers it right she sees him they get to test his blood and it matches then there you go bing bang boom yep i wish it was that easy no. uh sorry <laughs> no okay back to the back to the back all right all right so six years after the attack forensic psychologist dr leon morris takes on Brittany's case for the hypnotherapy he didn't have high hopes himself for recovering her memory but he said that it was worth a shot He asked her what her GPA was in college is one of his first questions, and Brittany told him that it was about a 3.5 or 3.7. She couldn't really remember exactly, but... Good student. You know, high grades. Yeah. And Dr. Morris remember thinking that it would be odd if she didn't retain any of her memory, but yet got such a high GPA in college. He reasoned that she had to have retained something that she learned in high school in order to apply it in college. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Because I'm trying to think back to, like, when I was doing math or physics. And if you didn't know algebra, you were dead. Like, you could not function. I guess I'm kind of confused by what you mean by that. So, because she had a high GPA in college... Wait, but in high school, you mean? In college. She went on to... Oh, right, because it's six years. She finished high school from her rehab center, which I didn't mention earlier, and then went on to have a college degree. Okay, so I guess I'm kind of confused... You said because she has a high GPA from college, that would mean that she probably retained some of her memories of the attack? Well, like, not the attack specifically, but, like, her memory leading up to, okay. you know what I mean? Sure. Like, she, it's not like she lost all of her memory. Right. Okay, I understand. Know? I think that was his point. Okay. This kind of gave him some hope about possibly recovering her memories. So he, he did assume that a good bit of it was gone, but he thought that maybe something's there. And he put Brittany under hypnosis for the first time, and she immediately started shaking and recalling the attack. Whoa. Yeah. That's it. And saying that someone was there, like, hitting her with something big. Oh, my God. After this interview, Dr. Morris said that she would probably start remembering more and more about the attack as time goes on, because it was like kind of this one starting point that she would continue to have like memories flood back. Wow. That is so interesting. I know. I, this is such a strange thing, but so cool. Yeah. I mean, the the brain is a real interesting thing. I mean, that's a very big understatement coming from someone who knows. <laughs> brain big. Yeah. Very interesting. Brains are so interesting. I don't know anything about biology or brains (laughs) obviously but that's incredibly interesting that after so many years all it took was one round of therapy like hypnotherapy for her to see the attack happen in her mind like wow okay so yeah after the interview dr morris told jody like yeah she'll probably start remembering more and more so jody followed up with Brittany after the interview uh, a little while after and to jody's surprise Brittany remembers even more. She said that the attacker had no tattoos on his body unless they were under his t-shirt. So it was a short sleeve t-shirt. So if he had tattoos on his arms, you could exclude him. Brittany also said that he was tall, his eyes were brown, and that he was wearing a short sleeve t-shirt. Well, he didn't have tattoos at the time. 
but it's been many, many years. Correct. Yeah. But that will be important later. Okay. Building on this new information from Brittany, Jody tried another new tactic that used the drop of blood that they have, pretty much the only other piece of evidence that they have. She used a company that can take the drop of blood and then the DNA encoded within it and then create a composite, like a picture. Whoa. Yeah, I looked this company up. It's actually really cool. Yeah. I don't know how accurate it is or how much this should be relied on, but, you know, they pretty much say, okay, from this DNA, it would have you would have brown or green eyes yeah. and then, you know, probably this color hair and these facial features, and they kind of put it together what someone might look like. That's super cool. That's also like when like a sketch of a person comes out and then it's like years down the line and they're like, oh, yes, this is what this person would look like aged and they just age them. Yeah, that's that's super. That's super cool. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. Right. But hey, anything to catch this fucker. Oh, we love the technology these days. Ah, yes. D.A. Dave. D.A. Dave. Was skeptical of this, but said... You know what? If it helps, let's let's try it. I'm we... willing to do anything. I think we're all on the same page, Dave. Yeah. And uh, while Jody was trying to get more out of the drop of blood, Brittany remembered a name. She said that she just couldn't stop thinking about it, and that name was Justin Hansen. Justin Hansen? She even had a last name. Brittany said that she remembers that he would come by at the kiosk at the mall where she worked at the Sunglass Icon, and would kind of chat her up, small talk. And she doesn't have a memory of him attacking her and had met him years before the attack through a friend. He is seven years older than Brittany. And Brittany, okay, so bear with me on Mm -hmm. this connection. Brittany had a best friend in middle school named Abby who had an older sister named Lauren who got pregnant by Justin. Okay, that's not too hard to follow. Yeah, okay, Brittany's friends... Sister's Sister. husband. Or well, baby daddy. Baby daddy. Sure. So, wow, that was old-fashioned of me. Right. Goddamn. <laughs> oh, jeez. Update. Come on. Be progressive. <laughs> um, so whenever she went over to Abby's house, he would be there a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's how they knew each other. Okay. And by the time that Brittany went to high school, her friendship with Abby had soured, unfortunately. But Justin would still come by her kiosk to kind of ask her, like, oh, how's school? How's the family? That's that was, weird. Yeah. But I guess their conversations were always, like, kind of surface level, nothing too weird. I guess it wouldn't be weird if he was already in the mall and just happened to see her. But if he took a trip to the mall specifically to talk to her, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, this is like a suburb, so it kind of feels like this is the mall. Sure, okay. So people just go there. Fine. I'm sure she didn't find it red flaggy when it was happening, but... I think looking back on it, if he was like kind of a, obsessed with her a little bit, you know, and became a stalker, then yeah. it would probably it was probably a trip taken to the mall to see her. I'm not saying that's what happened because I don't know. I don't know anything. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I was going to say. I mean, yeah, he was he would be 24 and she would be 17. Creepy. It would be like me talking to him. Ew. I don't know. A 17 year old. Also, like, I'm assuming at that point that he had broken up with his baby mama even weirder and then the baby mama's sister's friend like i don't think you would be hang- you would have hung out anyway right like that's... yeah the more we think about it the weirder this gets uh-huh right right guys um <laughs> oh geez right oh, guys geez, wow um so jody then gets back the dna results with the 3d picture 
and it resembles Justin's appearance pretty closely. So this kind of gave her more evidence to go look into him. The DNA said that it was pretty high likelihood that the person who did this had green or hazel eyes. Justin Hansen had green eyes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I have green eyes. I have, a lot of people have green eyes. No, well, it's so kind of a mutation. These are, it is kind of a mutation. So not but they, that many But the people. composite said brown or green. So, Fine. like, this is not, but things are adding up, right? Yes, we like that. So, Detective Gonterman went to visit Justin, saying that she was revisiting the friends of Brittany to see if there was anything that was missed. And Justin met her outside in a bathrobe. They actually did like an undercover video when they were questioning him. This was very strange. I don't Ooh. know what the laws are on this, but okay. they were a little sneaky. He was cordial, answered all of Jody's questions, and then she asked him to give DNA for testing, and he asked if he could think about it. Mm, see, that's weird. So he then proceeded to say that there was no reason that his DNA would show up in the house and that he had never been there. So then why are you nervous? Here we go. Huh? Here we go. So he he said he wanted to get her card and call her back after talking to his mom. Boy, I swear to God. What are you, in your 30s now? Actually, yeah. He must have been. He has four kids. Brother, you have to call your mom to ask if you can spit in a cup. Please, for the love of God. Mommy? He's very guilty. Guilty. Okay, well. All right, maybe not. Allegedly. Mm, Allegedly. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, Um, I'm just really heated, okay? I understand. I need good news. So your range of emotions is what I went through researching the story. Right, you've already gone through them. All right, great. Well, bear with me I'm already at the trough. Okay, (laughs) fine. So over the course of the investigation, 15 to 20 people had been looked into as suspects, all of which gave their DNA to rule themselves out immediately hmm interesting it's almost like that's what innocent people do yep justin yep they all voluntarily gave their dna and before walking out of the house jody gave justin one last chance to give the dna he said you know hey i have this dna composite that came back and i'm gonna put it out on the news to try and get tips for this investigation and it looks a lot like you and we can clear you asap before putting that out and, you know, I would just rather get this out of the way so we can rule you out. Right. Playing the old good cop. Right. Good cop move. Just I being mean, like, come on, you would be really, really convenient you know, for you. You'll shame. To be cleared from the get-go, wouldn't it? Right. So. Help me help you. So. Okay. Justin again said to give him a day to talk to his mommy and he would call her back. Does he need milky <laughs> in his sippy cup? Does he have chocolate milky? Shut up. Nesquik. I hate him. Yeah, allegedly. Not a great guy. Allegedly. I allegedly <laughs> hate him. Uh, a week later, after no call, obviously, Detective Gonterman tracked down Justin's mom to talk to her too. Jody called his mom? Yeah. Jody called his mom. Oh, God. <laughs> she said, you're not going to call your mom? I'm going to call your mom. I know. It was like, he got told on. <laughs> So his mom said that he never had any violent tendencies, that it absolutely couldn't be him. And as we all know, like parents are going to defend their kids. Right. Like his mom's going to be like, oh, yeah, that guy's a psycho. <laughs> Could you well, imagine? Well, if she does, well, then that, he absolutely skilled. I mean, that would be crazy. But you know. no mother's going to be like, oh, yeah, my son's kind of creepy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Justin apparently did end up calling his mom to talk to her about it. 
and he asked her if it was weird that the police seemed so interested in him, and she, she reassured him that if he wasn't involved, there was nothing to worry about. Thank you, Mom. Yeah, Jody was also confused at this point because she agreed that Justin initially didn't fit the profile of who they were looking for. He just seemed like a loving father of four children. So, I don't know, her perception of Justin was that, you know, he just doesn't fit. You know? Yeah, and John Wayne Gacy threw a lot of really good barbecues in his backyard, so I don't really care. Okay, well. <laughs> like, I, you know. Just because he has a, a father hey, of four doesn't make him a good person. You know, I'm with you. But, you know, the vibe of the time was that he wasn't the guy. The vibes apparently. were just not there. Okay, All this right, is fine. from Jody. Okay, don't question Jody. I'm not. She's shaking it up. All right. All right. So this is when we get more insight into who Justin is. Justin had no criminal history, but when Jody started looking further into his past, there was a story that seemed like a red flag to her. It was a report where he was a suspect in a rape. Oh my god. He was the boyfriend of a girl and had allegedly entered her home and raped her, but she decided to not press charges because she had been drinking at the time. Oh, that's so sad. And yeah, my heart just broke. I'm like, that is never an excuse, right? right. Like, but it's just such a common thing. Right. That doesn't make say, it your fault. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm like, you know, this is the other thing I was thinking about. I was like, if you get murdered while you're you've been drinking, or you get somebody attempts a murder on you, yeah, like it doesn't. Nobody make it, questions it, 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 exactly. right? Nobody questions it. Yes. So the mom responded to this case, this uh, alleged rape, saying that, quote, they had been dating for a couple of years and she admitted that she had been drinking. That doesn't and make it. So here we go. The reporter that's interviewing her checks her and is like, you know that none of this discounts an allegation of rape and that somebody can be raped while they're dating someone. Yep. The mom responds saying that the girlfriend was the one who withdrew the prosecution and continued to date him after. And I was like... Do you know what an abusive relationship looks Literally, like? Literally, right. How many people go back to abusive relationships? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, sure Diane would, would know, would understand, right? I mean, I don't know, maybe, but that's, yeah, that, there's no way that that makes him innocent. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, this is a very weak defense, and yeah. you're clearly overlooking something that is very, like, dark. Yeah. So Justin obviously denied that he raped her, so. Okay, well, you know, sure. Of course he does. Diane also couldn't pick Justin's face out of a lineup. He was actually her second choice. Okay, well, it's still, she was in shock. I know. It's trauma. I know, but this is not going to help them in court. Of course not. This is not helping the case. So this is, of course, despite her saying that she made eye contact with the attacker. She said that she didn't actually get a good look at his whole face because she was in a very intense situation and she was more worried about what's going on with his hands so she looked at his face made eye contact and then looked down at his hands to see what he was doing with the shovel makes perfect holding, sense you know right and her, and her daughter on the floor like yeah what? and i mean you know you have to like i feel like you have to look at a person's face for like at least a second or so to really get the full picture she probably just glanced at him yeah you know i'm really terrible with names and faces of people that i like you know just have met and there's no stakes like yeah i know right like i don't i have a terrible memory period like yeah god damn I know, i'm i'm better with faces but names forget about it yeah justin also didn't fit britney's description because he had green eyes 
she had said that the attacker had brown eyes and tattoos on his arms that would have shown with the short sleeve t-shirt which he had at the time of the attack so Brittany's own memories and her would-be testimony are contradictory to Dustin and Diane doesn't remember his face. This is infuriating. Okay, then Justin, give me your DNA. So, the holy grail here is the DNA evidence, but Justin wouldn't voluntarily give it up. So Jody had to make some shady moves. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me some, like, go into a diner, sip a mug, take the mug. Is it literally that what it is? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, okay. So working with undercover pers- uh Working with undercover personal investigators, I think I meant private investigators. Sure, fine. To get his DNA, the PI followed Justin into a McDonald's. Oh my God. Got a cup that he drank out of from the trash and brought it to the lab for testing. Oh my God, should I be a detective or? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you missed your calling. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Actually, if I didn't go to school for acting, I would have gone to school for forensic science. So does that say something? Probably. There you go. And one month later... The lab analyst came back with a match on Justin's DNA. Thank you. Ugh. So Justin gets tailed by the... I mean, they're going to arrest him, right? Of course. So Justin gets tailed by the police to the gym, then picking up his kids, and then going to the grocery store where they arrest him in the parking lot. And I think it's a really big dick move that they arrested him with his children because they... It's not their fault. And they were really traumatized by their dad getting arrested. Yeah. You couldn't have arrested him at the gym. Yeah. Like, that's... why did you have to follow him and wait till he picked up his kids? Yeah. That's... Like, at least they were with somebody safe, right? Right. Like, you're going to traumatize. Like, I don't know. I just didn't like that. No, that makes sense. But when you said big dick move, I thought you meant it was a good thing. <laughs> because people were like, oh, big dick energy. And I was yeah, like, no. oh, wait. Oh, no, bad thing. Okay, I'm following. Yeah, no, that, bad, that's... Like, that's bad not... dick. Okay. You understand? Yeah, I understand. Okay. So they arrest him, and they take him to the station for questioning. During the interview, Jody tells him that he did this to Brittany, which he denies. Which, I don't know. Is this the other thing I was thinking about? Is like, is this how all interviews for any crime goes? Is that detectives take people into a room and are like, you did it. And they're like, no. And they're like, but you did it. And I know. And they're like, no. Why do we do this? It seems like it, yeah. I don't know. Like, what's the tactic there? I think it's just to break them down. Because if you say it enough times or you, like, get under their skin enough, maybe they'll just be like, yes, I did it! Ah, leave me alone! I don't know. I mean, it's not always the right tactic, but it is definitely a tactic. You might get some people who just, like, will say it. Because there's, like, a lot of false confessions that come out of that tactic. Yeah, or something that's coerced out, you know? Right. Where they're like, oh, maybe you just forgot. Maybe you didn't mean to. Maybe it was a mistake. And then they, like, uh, make you confess kind of thing. Yeah, I mean... Maybe. This is a, that has nothing to do with this Beside case. Beside the point. Yeah, we're just getting like, sidetracked. I'm so ADHD. We're, we're bouncing around here. So, yeah, during the interview, she's like, you did this to Brittany. And he keeps denying and denying and denying. And at his bond hearing, his ex-wife, who is currently divorcing him, like mind you, gives him a glowing character witness and breaks into tears. But from that and from the details of this case, the prosecution failed to convince the judge that Justin was great enough of a threat to be held in jail without bond because he had no prior criminal record. But he matches the DNA 
found at a very grisly crime scene. Yes. Just because he hasn't done it before, yes. been convicted before, because he was he was accused of something before. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm angry. Like, yes and yes. <laughs> yes, queen. But. Okay, no. At <sighs> the end of this, we're going to find out more about what a DNA match means. Anyway, during that hearing, Brittany also said that her early recollections of the attack were somewhat inaccurate and that today she remembers the entire thing. She remembers getting a huge jolt to the back of the head and remembers asking Justin why he was doing it. Oh my god. Despite this, the prosecution would be in for a battle to convict Justin because the accuracy of Brittany's memory would be called into question and their identification of a motive was also pretty shaky. D.A. Dave's best theory for a motive was that Justin was stored as a contact in Brittany's phone and that he had been stalking her without anyone's knowledge. The problem with this theory is that nobody else had knowledge of it. Right. Also, I don't know if they had phone records, but this theory seemed like it was just kind of pulled out of his ass, you know? Like, this is just because you have somebody's contact really doesn't mean anything. Sure. I mean, I guess that that doesn't really necessarily mean that that's her stalker, because then you could just blindly pick someone in her her contact list and say oh they're stalking you you know oh, it's a motive of course like, yeah i mean you need something more than that yeah but i mean if he was visiting her at the mall all these times like that's weird i mean that's obviously her word against his and there's no right. necessarily that's no proof and that's also not a motive no of course but ugh, it just it's infuriating so jody keeps at work right she followed up with Brittany's best friend at the time justine who said that she didn't know who Justin Hansen was and that she always remembers a Justin because their names are so similar. She said that if Brittany was hanging out with him, she wasn't telling her. There was also DNA on both of the weapons that were used in the attack that didn't match Justin's DNA and actually ruled him out entirely. What? I.e. the shovel, the duct tape, and the butcher knife. However, this DNA was taken years ago because this is years later that this trial is happening. And it couldn't be retested because in 2015, a clerical error led to almost all the evidence in the case being destroyed right before the old detective was about to retire. What the hell? Wait, but if they literally found his blood at the crime scene and the attacker jumped out the window and got blood on the glass, then how does it rule him out? Because... Brittany's mother was there and she saw, she walked, she like, you know, ran outside and heard the guy leave, I'm assuming, and then came back inside. And then that, that's where they found the blood. So it's not like there was just blood on this windowsill that he said he's never even been to their house. I don't know, man. The other thing um, that a few, I kind of like went through Reddit right. for this and like got some theories. But the other thing that people were kind of like speculating, speculating or like confused about was that the pattern of the blood when you burst through the window there's only one drop it just seems really weird like if you cut yourself in the glass you would have more of like a stream or a streak not like a single I mean, not drop necessarily i mean it, it's not like he was hit with like a bat or something and there was like spatter like if he just cut a part of his arm or like got a small nick or something then a drop of blood could very easily just fall it's not like it was real you know big splotches of blood i don't know but it's just it's, it's weird i don't think so 
I think so. Okay, well, that's fine, but we can disagree. But I, I just, like, a, you can just drip blood. Like, if you get a nosebleed, you can find a drip of blood on your floor. Like, it's not that weird. Yeah. Are there any other potential suspects, or is he the only one? He's the only one. So the entire case will now hinge on the single drop of blood that was found outside the house on the glass of the shattered window. And the DA thought that this was enough to convict because it would place Justin at the house at the time of the attack, and there was no reasonable reason why he would have been there at the time of the attack if he was not the the attacker. So the trial was set to begin, and this is when Justin pleaded no contest to the charges of attempted murder and aggravated burglary. This was kind of unexpected because most people thought he would take it to trial because he had a decent chance of being acquitted. But DA Dave Westmeyer allowed the plea deal because he knew that the jury would have questions around whether or not this single piece of DNA evidence would be enough to convict without a hard concrete motive and no other evidence that could be relied on. So I didn't really know what this meant, but no contest isn't really like you're pleading guilty, but it's also not like you're saying you're innocent. No contest is not admitting that you're guilty, but acknowledging that it's possible that you could be found guilty at trial. So it's like this kind of weird middle ground, but it allows you to convict somebody without them admitting that they're guilty. Okay, so then it just kind of makes it so you don't have to go to court. Kind of. You still get jail time, per se, but it might not be as severe as if you were found guilty. Correct. Okay. So this is why Justin wants to go this route, because he continues to insist that he's innocent, but did not want to gamble on the possibility of spending up to 50 years in prison away from his kids versus the 18 years he would face in the plea deal. He just said that it wasn't worth it and that he wanted to, you know, be in his kids' lives. And, you know, he wouldn't be able to do that if he was convicted for the full 50 years in court. So because he pleaded no contest and the DA accepted this deal, he was convicted for the full sentence by the judge in July of 2018. Okay, so he got 18 years? Yeah. So, I mean... As we all know, he will probably get out earlier than that, but he will spend a significant amount of time behind bars. Yeah, you're right. I'm not happy with this. I know. I mean, like, I guess I'm glad that if he did actually do it, which I'm not saying he necessarily did, I suppose, but if he did, I guess I'm glad that he got some kind of jail time. This is not a satisfying one at all. I honestly, if I was a juror on the case, uh, it would depend on what evidence was submitted But the DNA evidence that was taken from the shovel and butcher knife that excludes him entirely, coupled with like differing witness accounts of who it was, I don't think I would be able to convict on just the drop of blood. I think that there would be reasonable doubt. I don't know that I necessarily agree, but... We'll talk more about this at the end. Justin appealed this ruling because the statute of limitations had expired technically, right? Because it's two years. And the DA had to file the evidence under a John Doe to keep this up, but this was dismissed by the higher court since Justin waived the statute of limitations in the plea deal. Interesting. So his appeal was denied. He also tried to get his sentence reduced because his jail time is too hard on his family. Okay, sorry. He said his kids are missing their dad and the oldest of his children had been diagnosed with PTSD and is seeing a therapist. And I really do genuinely feel bad for his kids. Of course. It's not his kid's fault. 
Absolutely not. They shouldn't mm-hmm. have to suffer either. But, you know, if he did do it, then he does deserve to be in jail, even if it is hard on his family. Like, that's... Yeah. And I think, uh, so these next few details, I don't know if he was a good dad to begin with. Mm. That's just my speculation. So an ex-girlfriend who is also the mother of one of his children, and I suspect it might be Abby's sister, Lauren, told police that he is a bad seed who gave up his parental rights to their child. And quote, the only thing I can tell you about Justin is he does lie a lot. Further, prosecutors of the case also confirmed that he is under investigation for molesting a minor, one of his relatives. Uh, ew. Although they gave no other details. Oh my god. Ugh. I'm disgusted. I'm sorry. So while Justin did not get his sentence reduced, he was able to count the time that he spent under house arrest because they didn't allow him to get off on bond, but he was under house arrest while he was waiting for sure. trial. Yeah. So they did end up counting that as time served because he was restricted enough in his freedom for them to count it as served time. So he did end up getting 385 days shaved off his sentence. Okay. This was, despite being able to attend a sporting event that one of the Marcel sisters took a picture of him at. Oh my god. It was later confirmed that the police gave him permission to go to that game. Why? Who gave that permission? Don't know. In no way should he be allowed to be in a place where the Marcel sisters could also possibly be. Like, uh, hmm? So today, Justin is serving his time in a state prison. Okay. Brittany's message from all of this is that, quote, you can survive. If you have a strong enough mindset of what your next goal is, you can get through it. And I just wanted to end on that. Good. That's that's good. But At least she is doing better. So I think she's trying to have as much privacy as possible, which is completely understandable. Of course, yeah. Um, and I think she's, you know, getting along okay. Good. Well, I guess that's a positive piece of information out of all this, but it's just infuriating the entire thing. I know. Kind of to finish off, I wanted to look into what exactly a DNA match is or like how, like what does that mean? Because I just remember like this whole case revolves around a DNA match. Right. What does that mean? Because like we all think that it's like once it's a DNA match, like this is like 100% you are the person. Mm -hmm. But when I looked it up, it's not that simple. So I looked at a Maryville University post, which is in St. Louis, Missouri. So I think this is pretty credible. This is just a .edu. There's sure. no yeah. A couple quotes from that article or study. St- it wasn't a study, but it was like document. I don't know. A document. Sure. We'll say it's that. It says quote: It takes more than DNA to convict a person of a crime. And quote: In short, DNA is just one piece of the criminal justice puzzle and should not be relied on to the exclusion of other investigative and analytical tools. Another concern with DNA profiling is that the procedure itself, although very accurate, is not 100% foolproof. A partial DNA profile, one that is not complete, for example, may match with multiple people and should not serve as conclusive evidence. Okay, so he could have very easily gotten off, is what you're saying. Yeah, and another source, because I just didn't want to have one, is from OJP.gov. So this is like a government uh, website. Mm Mm-hmm. 
says that, quote, a match only estimates the probability that the defendant is the source of the sample and that different jurisdictions have different thresholds of what they consider a match, and they recommend a really conservative margin of error for DNA matches. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you say it's a DNA match, it's like a certain percentage match. It's not 100% ever, really. Really? So... This is why, like, previously I was like, I don't think I would be able to convict because I guess I would have to see, like, oh, if it's, like, 99.99. Yeah. Then I would be like, okay, it's him. Right. But if it's, like, 98, you know, like, there's reasonable doubt there. Ugh, that's... Which is just so unsatisfying. And then, you know, you couple that with the DNA evidence from the other weapons, excluding him entirely. Yeah. And not being able to retest it, like, I don't know, it's just such a murky case. And I just wanted so badly to, like, be mad yeah. at this person. Well, but I still am. I'm just, I mean, I still am. He's obviously not a stand-up guy whatsoever, yeah. period. But I just don't know if, The you know, courts would be they, able to convict. I don't think they would be able to. Okay, well, I mean, he thought that they probably could have, so he took the plea deal, which I guess is a good thing, it turns out, but... I don't know. I mean, just because it doesn't necessarily make him, or it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a 100% 100 certainty that it was him. I think it's very possible that it was. And I still, uh, I I don't know. I'm not going to say with certainty that it is him because I don't want to potentially get sued one day. But I don't think I like this very much. And we'll just leave it at that, I suppose. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, yes. Yeah, so wow. That... Okay. Well, next week we're going to talk about puppies and kittens the entire time because a these... puppy survival. A puppy survival because does that count? <laughs> we'll make it count. Damn it. No, I'm. <laughs> I don't know. But these past two weeks have been pretty rough. Well. Oh my god. Well, really, past three, right? What was before last week? It was the beginning of February. <gasps> oh God. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. We need to really. Put some light yeah. onto this podcast. Well, I mean, are they ever truly really that light? You know? <laughs> we should we should do another one where the dog saves their life, you know? Oh, yeah, that was a great one. What was that episode? That was episode 27. Danelle Ballingy was saved by her dog, Taz. So I'll try to find another Taz. Another Taz. Oh, wait. I didn't mention the goat. Oh, the goat. We have a Patreon goat. Oh. <laughs> on our Discord well, let, server. Let's move on to the good thing then. What's your good thing? My good thing is the goat. Is the goat. <laughs> well, I mean, the goat and um, that we're in Florida this week. Sure. Yes, that's a good thing for sure. Yeah, I was going to say the Discord is mine as well because I started a Naughty's Craft chat and we talk about crochet and hand embroidery oh, and yeah. quilting and it's just very fun <laughs> so i'm having a good time with that yeah there's but, a lot of good pieces on there yeah there is it's really cool and very impressive um but yeah the goat was definitely the highlight of what, the week what was the goat's name i forget i don't have the name of the goat i'm sorry unfortunately we'll, we'll get but it next time i will i will see if i can get the name of the goat and i will ask this person if i can post it on the instagram as well yes i would like to we could put all the pets together too but (laughs) if you have another goat if you yourself own a goat or another farm animal please post it i don't even care if you just email it to us just send us just email us a picture of your goat (laughs) yes or if you can auto tune your animal you're really into that noises it is 
my favorite content on the internet. Mm-hmm. I've only been able to find cows so far and a husky. Yeah, there have been some a couple husky, huskies, yeah. But it's my favorite. Good. So. Oh man. I okay. Would enjoy that. Well, whew, good job. You did a good job telling that story. Thank you. You're welcome. I tried. Yes. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you would like to check out our Instagram and look at all the pictures we post about all the stories we talk about, check us out at nottoday underscore podcast. If you or anyone you know has a story of survival that you would like to share with us, send it to nottodaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is nottodaypodcast, a Twitter that is not today podcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. Because that makes sense. A Patreon that is patreon.com slash not today podcast. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah.